Welcome to Good Looking Out, episode 54, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and I'm listen Jason. to. I'm Jason. I'm Eric. What's up, brother? Santos. It's good, How's man. the West Coast? It's been as balls for the last week, but um, we've got a couple days of a little cloud cover, a little bit of fall feeling shit, and um, getting ready to go unleash Batman on the neighborhood. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Halloween is yep. tomorrow, so that's awesome. Well, you know, I was just out there. Obviously, you were kind enough to host us at your house for dinner. So I experienced some of this, like, oh, crazy yeah. fucking heat. It's fuck, right? I, I'm, yeah. I was there the day that it was 104, and walking the half block from my hotel in West Hollywood to Starbucks, I felt like, honestly, felt like I was baking in an oven. Like, the yeah, heat I hurt forgot you were on here. your skin. It's- it was it was fucking crazy, right? Um, I, I'll be honest though, dude. Fucking, I'll take it, man. Um, you got you got uh, you got snow in the backyard, front yard, street. Um, you know it's been snowing a little bit already, which is kind of crazy. It's always like a dice roll in Minneapolis on Halloween. Either kids are running around in I short know. sleeves, or they have a fucking patagonia jacket on under their costume (laughs) so um this year this year it's somewhere in between you know it's like cold but not you know to be in like probably 40 45 maybe so it's gonna be a little chilly but um so it's lightly snowed a few times here but it's all melted right right away so nice yeah i um i don't miss i don't miss minneapolis i miss everybody i miss the people but I don't. I don't miss. Yeah, of course I miss you guys. Yeah. I miss being. This is weird. You know, I'm getting. It's gonna take a few times of doing this to get used to it. Of you know, being being remote. We'll get it dialed in though. Um, we'll get it dialed in. I think um, last episode sounded okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm I'm here. So, what are your favorite so things about far, LA so far? My favorite things about LA are that um, so many of the stereotypes are true. You know, which um, which I love. You know, like just like well, I mean, I'm I'm a real housewife, so I go to I go to a. I have a fucking <laughs> I have a daily ten thirty yoga class that I go to every day. 10.30, I go to yoga, and it's nice. it's an hour and 20 minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Who does that, right? So so that puts me, and it's a half a mile, so it takes me, I'm home at 12.30, I shower, I make something to eat. You gotta eat. Then it's 2 o'clock, I work for two hours, then I start dinner, and... um then go pick up Jack and and that's my day. Um, it's I, I'm falling into a pattern here pretty quickly that's going to be hard to break out of when when uh, when the real world hits when I have to like work. That's that's gonna. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm digging not working. I got to tell you, it's fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice, man. It's nice. <laughs> It's it's really good. I bet it's really good. Not that I mean I love you know I, when I'm working I, I love I love my job I love I love what I do I'm lucky, um, but you know I'm also I'm a fucking Renaissance man. I can like there's there is not enough like I got enough shit to do for four lifetimes. I got books, movies, and records. For four lifetimes, so I could like you could you could right. give me nothing. You could lock me up, and I think this is like part of. I, I, we've talked about this before. This is part of my obsession with, um, with with being in prison. Is that like your time is yours? Like I don't. I, I'm not. I don't care as long as I know I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be like an Oz situation. Like if I can read and and listen right. to music. And and like get some access to film, like I, it's ah, it's not that bad. I, I'm all right with that. Like if I could dictate kind of the terms of of my incarceration, 
like I'd be, I'd be I'd be all right with it, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's the dictating the terms part that gets a little complicated because you're going to have super limited ass, a, access to all all the oh, things that you just sure. mentioned. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey. Everybody, that's my that's one of the reasons I can't go to jail. <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I can't go to jail because yeah. of that. Um, but you know what? I don't know. People do. So why don't you tell uh, tell our listeners about the meal that you cooked the other night when uh, yeah, um, we so were over at Eric, your house? Um, came over. We had our friend Jonathan Green over, and um, and the ever charming Rob White, Roberto Blanco, joining us as well. Um, we had uh, I did the the Nobu. Um, miso glazed black cod and um it, for anybody that doesn't know about it it's a um it's an ultra simple dish that relies purely on ingredients so i'm lucky enough to have a amazing farmers market with a fisherman that like brings fish that are still moving to the farmers market and he's cleaning them there um so I get super fresh fish. Um, black cod is not easily found. Um, you know, so it was nice to be able to get my, get my paws on it. Um, and with only three ingredients, mirin, sake, and, um, white miso paste, there is no room for, any gar like you're not covering anything up with fucking hot sauce or or fucking Worcestershire or, like there's nowhere to hide like your shit's got to be right and and it was it was good um the fish was the the fish was the the best part of it my the weak link in everything was the mirin um i live near a japanese supermarket that has good stuff but has shitty fucking mirin um and i got to imagine that pr- like i don't know you probably got to dig from mirin cuz mirin is basically it it's it's cooking wine it's japanese cooking wine and it's pretty prevalent in in japanese cuisine and in japanese cooking but like if you have three ingredients that was the that was the weak link that was the kind of cheap one it was like a it was like a fucking four dollar bottle of mirin when everything else was like I, I got the best miso I could get I got the best sake I could get and then the mirin I, honestly I could taste it I, I was like this fucking mirin tastes like you could you hmm. you know if I were you like you probably I, I don't know how 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 was how did you like dinner. I thought it was fabulous. I think everyone thought it was a sensational fish. Um, you know, and I've had the miso marinated black cod, um, at, um, uh, not the Lor- not the Loring. It used to be called the Loring. Um, what was that? that what's that place in, um, Loring park? You know, they have the big yeah, wine yeah, bar yeah. and then there's the restaurant. The, uh, um, Oh, shit, I forget. They, they had an amazing fucking black cod there. That that was my go-to there. Yeah. The, yeah, that was their sort of signature dish. That the, and the um, apple and manchego sort of matchstick salad. You get the, that as the starter, and then the, you get the, the miso marinated black cod and your love yeah. of life. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember the name of it. That was the client spot. We brought all the clients here. Um, but... Um, yeah, anyway, it was um it's so easy to make. So just to give listeners a super quick download, here's what you do. Get the get the black cod. Um and to be honest, it does not have to be black cod at all. It's it works extremely well with salmon. So, um as always, get the best of everything that you can. And if you can't get, you know, if the best of if it's not as good as what you can get, you know, in other parts of the world, like who gives a fuck? Like you get the absolute best you can where you are. 
and um and fucking roll with it and do it with salmon do it with any uh it works well with um with fatty or oily fish which is two types of fish that are actually Mm. quite difficult to deal with um salmon being the exclusion salmon you can deal with um I, i can deal with salmon very easily but other types of whitefish that are oily, I, I don't, I don't know what the fuck to do with them. So this thing's a fucking no-brainer. So all you do, <laughs> first thing, is Google, um, Google the just the recipe and find the find the video of Martha Stewart with Nobu. Um, I forget his name, Marahashi, or I forget what his last name is. But find like the find the video of of him with her. And and watch oh dude it's fucking killer really? he's like because because you know how fucking <laughs> you know particular she is and she's like okay so we have two thirds of a cup and you, you, I mean she's not even she's like backing up she's trying to do backstory on the fish and his English is not that great you know what I mean um this video is t- right. ten years old anyway probably more um and um. And he's just like fucking looking at her like, bitch. Like he's like, can I? And he's he gets to a point where he's actually like, can I? Can I start? Can I start? And she's like, it looks like you have about two thirds of a cup. And he's like, so dump sugar in, dump, dump sake in, dump dump marinade. And she's like, you have it looks like you have a half a cup of marinade. He's like, yeah, dump marinade, dump miso paste. She's like, what type of miso paste is that? He's like, very good. But he's, he's like, but that's 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 what kind of miso paste. Is. It's a very good miso paste, is what he's got. So he puts it in there. He yeah. fucking puts it on a super high flame. It catches on fire. It fucking whisks the shit out of it. Throws it behind him. He's got the one that's already pre-made. Here you go. All right. He's like, then he's like, marinate three, four days. And you're like, oh, oh dude, fucking three or four days. And you're like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> So that's that is one thing as uh, for this dish. Really, you're supposed Dude, to marinate it for days, four days. Recommended four days. Shit. Yeah, your what you ate was was uh, was about thirty six hours. So, right, because because you got the fish fresh yeah. like the day before. So or like, like and I made it like you make the fish obviously right before you do it. So at any rate, to cut this short. Or to just give you guys the the chase, get the best mirin you can get, which I'm at a Japanese supermarket in Los Angeles and mine was shit, so fucking good luck with that. Get the best sake you can get. Um, get, Make it clear, don't get the cloudy stuff for this because it um, is not necessary. Um, So junmai uh, uh, sake. Then get the best white miso paste you can get. Throw it in. A, I mean, seriously, throw it in a pot all together, um, and get it over medium heat. Get everything together. Add a half cup of sugar to it. Um, you know the the. It's pretty much like you you can look up the recipes. It's fucking. It's equal amounts of fucking everything. You just kind of make a marinade out of all that shit. Blend it all together. Um, the I, honestly the ratios I don't believe are that important as long as you're not completely out of whack with anything. Um, right, so it's fair, it, fairly, fairly even, even ratios, ratios of all yeah. stuff. Don't, I mean, don't put in like if you put in a, a half yeah, cup of miso I mean, paste. Yeah, I mean, you can honestly. <laughs> I used I used a lot of miso paste. I used probably a cup and a half of miso paste. Yeah, yeah, that oh, white really? miso Jeez. is is pretty. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty mild. Um, and you know, tempered with the sake and whatever else. So anyway, blend this, all the shit together, get it, you know, bring it to the boil, cool it off until it's ice cold and then throw your fish, cut your fish into portion sizes, throw it in a Ziploc bag, dump the marinade in there. Um, and then, you know, like any fucking you know, squeeze all the air out of it, Ziploc it, you know, squeeze it, throw it in the fridge, leave it there for three days, comes out of the fridge, lie in a uh, sheet pan with tin foil, 
go skin side up first um, and get that shit crispy. So you're under the broiler. You can do it on the grill, um, which would be nice. And I'll give it a shot probably on my own when I'm just doing it for the family or something. But like, but under a broiler is right. you can't. It's easy as fuck. So just go skin up. Yep. Get that skin. It's it's super oily and greasy. So like you can't. You kind of. Unless you're completely not paying attention, like you can't fuck it up. So just get that skin super bubbly, super crispy, flip it over, get, um, so you're under the broiler again, then get your, your flesh part of the fish up against the broiler, get your color right, you know, caramelize the top, get everything right there. And then, um, you know, of course, as anything, as always with fish, you don't want to overcook it. But under a broiler that hot, it's not going to cook the fish all the way through. And um, you don't, it's not like a cod where, like, you kind of want it cooked all the way through because oily fish that's raw is not, it's a little weird. So pull it down. Basically, what I did is I just, I pulled it down away from the broiler, shut the oven off, and then just stuck it on the bottom shelf and... Um, cause that oven's hot as fuck at that point. So just let it cook, you know, just stick it in the oven, let it, let it stay there until it's, um, until it's flaky and fuck, pull it out some rice, some fucking whatever the fuck and roll, man. I mean, it's, it's re it's super simple. Yeah. Super simple. Well, it was super good. I was, I was pretty impressed. Well, so because the weather got cold here, um, I've been making um, a sort of Sunday dinner um, every sort of other week. It's become one of my sort of go-to staples. Speaking of um, Our Lady, uh, Martha Stewart, there's a Martha Stewart yeah. beef stew recipe. That's Normally, like, beef stew is, like, kind of a pain in the balls. Like, you, you have to, like, cook the piece of beef or whatever, like super long time. It's usually like a low For and sure. slow kind of slow cooker thing, which like if, if you can get your shit together to like stick it in the slow cooker and let it cook for eight hours or whatever, nine hours, that's great. What I love about this is it's super, it's dead simple, but it turns out amazing. And it only takes, um, with prep, I would say like two and a half, two and two oh. hours, 45 minutes. Um, and it turns out amazing. So if you, if you Google beef stew, Martha Stewart, you'll get this recipe. And for some reason it has three stars. Don't pay any attention to that. It's dead simple. Like there's no sort of fine chopping because all the stuff is sort of like rustic carrots, rustic potatoes. It uses, um, balsamic and flour and tomato paste. And somehow you manage to get really good flavor out of it in a short period of time. And like I said, the prep is dead simple. One of the keys that I've been doing is um, I've been getting um, kind of big roast, uh, like a three-pound cr- roast yeah, with that, my yeah, crowd yeah, yeah. cow shipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll get steaks, and like with the steaks, sometimes they'll bundle like a, a roast or something like that. And we've been using all of our ground beef has been coming from crowd cow recently. But anyways, so, you know, these beef stew recipes didn't really call for like mm-hmm. kind of shitty quality beef, you know, like sure, stew, stew meat yeah. or chuck or whatever. But I, I've been using these um, grass-fed beef roasts from these like small ranches and oh man, like do not skimp on the quality of beef. You know, you're going to make a big pot of this stuff, you're going to be eating it. You're either going to be serving a big group of people or you're going to be eating it for multiple meals. You know, our family of four, like the girls absolutely love this. They'll take it in lunches the next day like you know, they were eating it tonight for dinner uh, when I made it Sunday. So it's super simple, really delicious. Like people will be impressed. And, you know, it's just one of those recipes that is like a kind of silver bullet recipe because for the amount of effort and the results, like are you feel you, like you struggle. Um, are you, I've got to imagine that you're putting a heavy sear on that beef before you, like that's not just going into the fucking stew raw. Like you're doing that. Oh, no, that's the, uh, for me, no. that's the most important step. Yeah. In, in no, you're, yeah, you're, you're browning it and you're putting salt and pepper, the balsamic, um, the tomato paste, the flour, you're kind of getting all that stuff going. And then, then you're your adding veg. your carrots, your potatoes, bay leaves, onion, um, and, uh, garlic, 
And then you're adding um, some water yes, to water. kind of create people, that sauce. People are afraid to put water in it. Use the... water. Use water. <sighs> no. Yeah, you got to have three, three, three cups of water. You bring it to a boil. You stick it in the oven at 350 for two to two and a half hours. We have a convection oven that tends to cook things a little faster. So I pulled mine out at like two, two hours, two hours and ten. It's perfectly done. And you know it's, Amazing it's better two days later, um, of course. Do you do a you know what I right. love you know what I love with yeah, the beef stew is a goddamn uh, buttered egg noodle. Yeah. Really? It's sort of like I mean, stroganoff yeah, stuff. Not not like you know mixed together, but like beef stew served on a on on top of buttered egg noodles is it's something. I mean, right. I, I, it, normally it's with bread, but it's something. Hmm. It's something. Yeah. So, um, I've got another food recommendation in Minneapolis that I, uh, wanted to kind of clue people in on. Is it new since I left? Um, to be honest, I'm not sure it's new to me. I've recently discovered it. I discovered it through, um, one of the delivery services. Um, I, I ordered through DoorDash. It's a, um, Korean place called Kbop Bistro. Um, and, uh, one of the things I'm really excited about that they have is, um, they have a dish. It's a starter dish that hardly, I've hardly seen it at any Korean restaurants. It's pretty rare. It's this thing called duck boki. It's, um, these wide kind of chunks of rice cake in a really spicy red sauce. It's a very simple dish. It's like rice cake and sometimes little pieces of fish cake. Um, in a super spicy red sauce, it's it's texturally unlike anything you get, you get in any yeah. other cuisine. That that's why why I really like it. Like it doesn't, it's not like noodles because you're biting. They're pretty wide. You know, I'd say they're um, maybe about the size of like a roll of roll of pennies, maybe huh. a little smaller, maybe like ha- half the size of a roll of penny. But they're pretty substantial. So you're picking these things up and you're eating them, and it has this like you know like a chew right. to it. Yeah, it's good. You know, so it's not really like noodles. It's like a rice cake, truly. Um, it's super, super interesting. So I got that. I got some beef bulgogi, uh, not bulgogi. I got a oh, bibimbap with beef with the egg on top. And um, and then I got a beef uh, Korean fried rice all delivered. And it showed up. It was hot. It was delicious. I mixed all this stuff up and was just like had the most wow. amazing lunch. So. I'm super excited about this place. Even more excited that I'll, par- I'll be able to eat there more because it's on this delivery service. Because how often am I going to go down to the university? No, this place is on campus. So I'm, no. I'm not going to go down there. Hell no. Yeah, exactly. So I'd so much rather dial it up on the delivery service and get these awesome dishes, you know, for yeah, lunchtime. Killer. Or I mean, the only thing I'll say is uh, bibimbap is one of those dishes that no matter how you do it, it's going to be fucking good. But... It's it's kind of like pho, like it's never going to be as good as as when it's served in front of you and you're eating it there because part of bibimbap is that stone bowl is crisping that rice the entire time you're eating, which you you know right. this you know this and, yeah, I, yeah. and and listen hey I've ordered bibimbap to go or delivered many times because you can't how how the fuck can you go wrong? There's no way there's no way to go wrong. It's yeah. rice with delicious. It's the original it's the rice original bowl. Fucking rice bowl. It's it's <laughs> delicious vegetables, delicious meat with an egg on it, and I mean, y- yeah, that's killer. That's nice. Oh, I just remembered um, a spot. Uh, next time you're here, I I, I gotta take you. Um, I believe it's a. I mean, I, it would take some other Los Angeles to to support or 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 deny this fact, but there's this place that seems to be quite, quite popular in town called the Samosa house. And it's a grocery slash, um, cafeteria style, uh, vegan Indian, um, eatery. So grocery. Did you say vegan? Okay. Interesting. Um, so they do like, uh, a jackfruit dish, they do, which is unbelievable. It's like, the, mm. I'd, I'd never had anything like it and I can't, like the jackfruit was almost like a, it, it I, if I had to liken it to anything, I would liken it to a braised short rib. 
it 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 didn't have that richness right. obvi- obviously because it doesn't have the fat um and it doesn't have all that you know crazy like fucking tomato flavor that you get with you know when you make short ribs but um but the the yep. texture was it was similar to a short rib it was unbelievable um but the highlight of this place which i can't wait to share i i'm i i i wish i'd snagged you again while you were here um they do a pani puri which you probably hmm. know um um it's a it's a chat so it's a which is an appetizer served with uh chutneys and other types of things the pani puri is a disc the size of a it's like a mini flying saucer the diameter of a golf ball um and it's about an inch tall so it's this disc right it's this puff puffed up disc and how they make it i'm fucking dying to know i was actually like fantasizing about like washing dishes there one night a week so i could just like spend like three hours to watch how they make this because it's unfucking believable and they just churn these things out one after the other so it's this it's basically a shell and it's served with a chutney which is has um you know red onion some um I, I don't know what the fuck is it. It's Indian. It's Indian food is so complex. Like there's so many things in there and, um, there's, there's chickpea, there's red onion, there's some paste in there. It's, it's a sweet kind of, um, chutney. Red onion gives it the bite. The chickpea gives it the meat. And then, hmm. so you, you kind of carve open a hole in this little disc you fill it with the chutney, and then they serve it with this ice cold water. That it, it, it's not water; it's a tea. So if the the closest thing I can liken it to is if you eat Indian takeout very much, you are familiar with the mint chutney that is normally served with takeout. So it's that yep. same exact flavor served as a tea, ice cold. You fill this fucking thing with that with that ice cold water, tea, mint chutney, and the whole fucking thing goes in the face, and you've got the crunch of the of of the the shell. You've got the the complexity of the of the the goddamn chutney, and then the and then that cool like kind of it's it's like nothing i've ever had i'm addicted to it i can't stop eating it's like a dollar it's fucking it's i mean i swear to god it's fucking two dollars i don't know what it is it's so cheap i mean it's dead dead cheap it's unbelievable and it's and it's it's amazing samosa house um culver city on washington boulevard um a block south of sepulveda and there's two other locations in Los Angeles. Um, so check it out if you, hmm. if you haven't been there. Um, it's, I mean, it's like, it's not, you're, nobody's like walking you through what to get. And this is what this is. And this is, oh, you should try this. Or like, they don't, you're just, a, you're a fucking white man in there on your own. You can fuck, <laughs> you can fucking figure it out or you can fuck off. Cause we we we're, we're fine right. without your dollar fifty or not. Like you know what I mean. They, they don't give a shit. But it's yep. so good, so great. I can't I, I can't wait to take you there because awesome. I know you'll appreciate it. Having lived in India, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. There's some fucking crazy stuff. I mean, stuff that we'll never see the light of day over here that you had oh, over, over there. Yeah, like. I was just thinking when you were describing that, I re- had this flashback to this dessert thing that's like um, th- th- just this crate, all this crazy stuff they pack into this thing. And you're supposed to put it in your mouth like chew, but there's like little bits of gold and like metallic shit and all sorts of just like crazy spices. And it's almost like you're assembling this like aromatic kind of, um, it has like some sweet 
kind of spices in there as well. And you, you put this thing in your mouth. I thought it was one of the most disgusting <laughs> things I ever stuck in my mouth. But my Indian host like thought it was the most delicious thing. Like this was a really special treat, and they were really excited to show me this. So I kept it in my mouth for a couple of minutes, and then when they were looking, I just like whipped it out and threw it in the fucking in, in the it, was it anise, or whatever. Anise but, flavored? Yeah. There was some anise in it, yep, like, but big, like, sort of anise uh, seeds or pods. It was like a mixture of seeds and spice pods um, and some other stuff. It was really, really bizarre. It reminded me of, like, putting um, Easter egg grass... <laughs> You know, like from like an Easter basket, like Easter basket grass with some metal filings and like a bunch of spices from your spice cabinet, like in your mouth. It was fucking crazy. I mean, the majority of my experience over there, like, like you can imagine was just an unbelievable taste sensation and just like the most wonderful, delicious Indian food for dirt cheap you're ever going to get and blow away Indian food. Um, really amazing food. We would even went got Korean and Thai food over there. That was unbelievable. But then every once in a while I'd stumble across something like this, like weird Easter, (laughs) Easter chewing grass with metal filings and fucking anise seed pods or whatever. I love it. So bizarre. It's such a yeah. What a cul- what what a culinary like treasure. Um, and real quick, uh, just a, a shout out for anybody that, as we're talking about cuisines in other countries, anybody that um, is interested in food storytelling um, and really great photography and amazing sourcing um should be following Liza Degia Liza Mosquito Degia she um is about to take off check her out she she has a you know she does a of she's a food storyteller out of Brooklyn she has a television show in Brooklyn um uh sorry in New York city it's i forget what channel it's on I'm woefully unprepared to to give her a proper call out here, but I'll, I'll do it again. But I just wanted to let everybody know, you dig her up on Instagram because she's taking off right now or in the coming days, in the next day or two. She's taking off for Japan for three weeks and she has fixers hmm. and she's got um, and she's a she has this ability, unlike other travel culinary people that we have seen in media she has this amazing disarming like quality about her that um gets people to open up to her like i've never seen i mean i'm a i love anthony bourdain i love her I, i love him i think he's great um and but but people don't it's he's a machine at this point and Liza is a a woman with a camera and a microphone and she and it's her like she sets up the shots she does it and she tells stories hmm. she's not like she's not a host like she's just finding stories and and shining a light on them and uncovering them and telling stories of of killer shit so um, find her at least on Instagram. That'll be the easiest way to follow her for the next three weeks. But Liza Mosquito Degia, um, she's one of my favorite people in the world, and um, and you'll be in for a treat for um, some Japanese food porn over the next uh, three weeks. Following her, yeah. So I I, uh, I just found her on Instagram here. Her Instagram handle is Supernil. S-U-P-I-N-E-R-I-L. But if you also, if you search on Liza Mosquito, it comes up right away. Liza, Liza Mosquito de Gia. Yeah. She's not to be missed. She's, um, she's a... So I just clicked on her profile and it says no posts yet. What, on Instagram? Yeah. What are you know. supposed to follow um, her on? I'll, I'll follow up. No, it's, she's Instagram. I'll, I'll follow up in the, in the... The notes on oh. the um, when we post the podcast, I'll follow up with the with her handle, um, because okay, yeah, I'll, 
I'll make sure and post it in the yeah. I'll send it to you because it's not to be missed. She like it's not to be missed. Like I've never seen anybody with coverage like this, and she's um yeah she's she's one of the most remarkable people I've ever met, and she does work that is. It's fucking amazing. So, I'll talk about her again because I'm not I'm not doing her justice here. But I just wanted to mention it because she's about to take off to Japan. So, so dial, yeah, dial her yeah, up. And we'll, awesome. we'll put the correct handle in in the description. All right, let's get out of food. Let's cool. get out of food for a minute. I got other shit. I got yep, shit, man. I, was I got just shit. Say, you got um, shit. All right, all right. Let me ask you this. I feel like we've talked about this before. It's been on my fucking head all day. I want, um, I want a a, ro- a robot uh, vacuum cleaner. This fucking dog, all he does is hair fucking everywhere, <laughs> and I can't. What's what's the what's your what's your stance with it with the Roomba or whatever the fuck? So. Yeah, so we had a Roomba pretty early on, like before we had kids or before we had anything. We had a much kind of smaller, less complicated house than we have now. And I sort of like, I, at first I thought it was awesome. I sort of lost faith in the Roomba when uh, one time we had ants in our kitchen. We put out these little ant kind of glue trap things, you know, yeah, those yeah. liquid ant traps and the Roomba took one of those things and dragged it all over the fucking house and sprayed sprayed the liquid all over the place. So since then we like that was the last gasp of the Roomba, but I think those things like the Dyson one for example, I think is like much more sophisticated. I think there are some much more sophisticated ones that have actual instead of like just running until it bumps into something, like it can actually sense when it's coming up on something, it can figure out how to get around stuff. Yeah, a little tech bit, since so. since before you had kids is, I mean, Jesus, that's fucking. Yeah, we're talking two thousand seven yeah, here, years, ten so, years ago. Um, yeah, I may have to, I may have to look into it. Um, just wanted to check in on that. If anybody, if anybody has uh, an opinion, I'd love to hear it. Um, actually, actually, even more than that, I'd actually prefer you go out and buy one, and then. Go buy one and do. I want a consumer reports kind of fucking. That's what I would like. I'd like somebody to just fucking tell me which one to get. Tell me if it works or not. Because I'll get one. I can't keep up with this motherfucker. Well, have you have you looked on Wirecutter to see no. what they Is say? Is that where I'm supposed to go? Yeah, you should go to Wirecutter. They they like review everything, so you can find the best of anything see, on Wirecutter. <laughs> <laughs> Not CNET. Wire cutters okay. the the new right, CNET. Yeah. So I, I figured as much. It's time to rethink your child's allergy medicine. Oh hey, Thanks. welcome. Good looking out pop ups. Introducing children's It's just something we're trying out. If you guys dig it, just give us a thumbs up. We got pop ups. Um so here's here's the other thing. Um yeah. real quick, don't want to talk about it because you're gonna ha- you're gonna fucking hate it. Um but I bought a pair of sneakers, which, uh, fuck Uh-oh. off, fuck off. See, I know. Uh, don't, don't tell me, let, let me guess, you bought all bird sneakers. All right, Those, can we, let's move into, um, yeah, let's move into Netflix. <laughs> the, they're are like, fu- what the fuck is the matter yeah. with you? What, how, are you serious? Yeah. Am I am, am I yeah. just fucking that far out of the fucking loop that everybody fucking knows and and I'm the last one to fucking discover it? And how did you guess that, you motherfucker? No, I, because it's it's so popular it all of a sudden recently and everyone's fu- fucking buying these things. You got to make a fucking I, fool out of me on the air. God damn it. <laughs> it's not the first time. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I mean, so, so, so I'm not going to buy these things because I no, personally don't really no like the way that they look. Them. However, however, give give me your pitch. What do you like about these things, dude? They're yeah, man, it's hell. fucking crazy, man. Like it's like putting it's like putting on socks, but they just have support, and you know. And I go from 105 degree weather to 60 degree weather. It doesn't matter. My feet don't sweat. It's just. I put them on. I wear them all the time. I wear them all the time. And this is from somebody I haven't worn. Like I wear Vans, uh, like 
I wear slip-on vans every day. I've worn slip-on vans every day for probably 15 years. Yeah. See, here's your problem, though. So you just moved to the land of slip-on vans. Right? So, like, you and every other dick on the street is wearing slip-on vans at this point, right? man? (laughs) I know. Like, it's like if you're wearing slip-on vans in Connecticut. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Now I live in fucking Venice, almost, and, like... like, Right. Everyone is wearing wearing some sort of vans. Yeah. There aren't... I don't know what to do about that. I'll have to... So... So you got to be like, if you were in Brooklyn, you'd be wearing Allbirds sneakers everywhere. So now you got to be the Allbirds guy in the land uh, of vans. Shit. Well, the, here's the thing. They, they don't look that great. <laughs> like, they look like I totally, I feel like a fucking total. They're, they're not, not hideous. They're not hideous. They're not. They're not if they were hideous, I, I wouldn't mean, have them on my fucking feet. I mean, I do have a standard yeah. here. Like the, They're very they're minimal. Minim- they're very minimal. I I mean. That's a that's a nice way of saying they're too conservative oh, for yeah. me. But oh, that's yeah. like a minimal a, a, a nice way of saying they're like, way too conservative you know. for you. Like they're not for you. I know. I mean, I did. I'm not bringing them up because I thought you'd fucking like them. I, I knew. I knew. I knew you'd hate them. <laughs> but I just wanted to. I wanted to bring them up because they're they're crazy. They're it's like, and you throw them in a the fucking yeah. washing machine. It's a that's nice. I mean, you could. Well, this is the the thing that most people don't realize. You can throw any pair of sneakers in a washing machine, and they'll actually come out nice. I highly recommend like, getting yourself a proper kit for washing them, like the rejuvenator kit. Come with plastic shoe trees. You put them in so your shoes keep the form. There's a little pre-treat wash solution. You put them in a little um, mesh garment bag to protect them a little further. Stick them in the washer. Bada boom, bada bing. They come out looking fucking sparking, sparkling brand yeah. new. I wore a pair of sneakers, like mostly kind of white sneakers to pitchfork. <laughs> and I was like, I had mud, mud and water sloshing up over the top of these shoes. I thought they were completely ruined. I used the rejuvenator thing, threw them in the wash. They came out. It was like the day I bought them. Get the fuck. Brand fucking new. Seriously, like people wash their Adidas Ultra Boost and stuff huh. all the time. And it actually works better with the white ones. Like the white ones will come out sparkly clean. I wonder, I got more some often vans I could use a fucking, that don't get worn. The thing is with vans is they just fall apart. Like they just, they just fucking fall apart. Right. They're disposable. They're disposable sneakers. Even though like they're, you know, yeah. some pairs I buy are, you know, a hundred plus dollars, which... Don't you know? I know in sneaker world, maybe is fucking dick, but <laughs> but for you know, for a pair of fucking disposable like sh- foot coverings, like that's a lot of money. Like they're gonna right. if you wear them for a, a month every day, then you just throw them away. So you know, it's three dollars a day to cover your feet from right. from human feces. Um. So all right, well. Fuck you! I mean, thanks and, for shooting down my fucking. And, and, thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know you're no, not shooting. I, I, mean, I knew. I, I knew on, you wouldn't like them. I, I knew you wouldn't like them. Yeah. On the scheme of like footwear, on the scale of footwear atrocity, Allbirds is like pretty far away from like Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks, in my oh mind, especially my like Birkenstock God. clogs, are like like the worst fucking sin, footwear sin you can ever okay, so, commit. Now I can't fucking wear them at all. If you're talking about these in the same fucking <laughs> no, no, I'm, that's what I'm saying is I'm saying they're they're a far cry from Birkenstocks. <laughs> you know, but you, you got like Birkenstocks. You you, you, when's the last you, time we compared you, a pair of Jordans to no, fucking Birkenstocks? No, you you move move up a few notches like and you've got like tasseled loafers and then you keep going and like somewhere in the middle is like all birds like i think they're kind of kind of inoffensive it sounds like they're super comfortable you can wash them like there's some cool features to them it sounds they're probably fairly durable it's like performance merino that's wool right or something, yeah right? they are and um i have a uh yeah merino wool is a thing that i've I've got a, I had a newfound, like, I discovered that on a job once. Um, 
for a company out of Vermont called, uh, geez, this is terrible. I can't remember them now, but they're, everything that they make is merino wool and, uh, they're, they're amazing. They make beautiful, beautiful, uh, garments, like fucking incredible. Um, I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. We, I, they were actually a client. It was the, it was the, pu- the Purina thing. Yes, you was they were amazing. Right? Um, and apologies, please, if anyone's listening, all apologies. Um, but uh, that's when I discovered that like w- merino wool is a thing, and and also here, here's the deal. Like like I told you, I'm a fucking real housewife. I I, I drive I drive to preschool. I drop his ass off, and then I I walk to fucking yoga. And then I go to the co-op. I mean, who gives a flat fuck? I'm not trying to be in. I don't give a shit, you know. I'm not trying to do anything. Um, I don't think I, I. I wouldn't wear these shoes where anybody was going to see me. Like I would probably wear. Like I would liken them to. Uh, they're they're super comfortable and super like I love them, but I I would liken them to. Like I wouldn't wear them where somebody would see me. Like I clog, they're kind of like clogs. Like huh. I think clogs are probably very comfortable and good for your feet. Um, same as these, but you know, like you put them in, like right next to your Crocs. In, <laughs> in the they are. I, it's one. You know, every morning is is it the Crocs? It's like you is and it Mario Batali or the. Exchanging footwear yeah. taste. All right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Footwear all right. tips, you and Mario. I know my fucking sneakers are, like, basically, I might as well be fucking eight months pregnant and walking around with a fucking, <laughs> with my fucking cup of tea, and uh, I know, but still, I don't give a shit, because nobody's going to fucking see me in them, and, and you know what, do you know what it takes to impress somebody in this town? I don't even fucking know. And I'm not even about to start to fucking try. Yeah. Um, who's looking well at me? Not I'm, even try. I'm 45 years old. Like, uh, people look at me like yeah. I'm walking dead extra. Do, you, but yeah, yeah. Right? Do your thing. Come on. Just who fucking Frost. cares? Just do, do whatever right? makes you happy. Come on. All right. Well, let me tell you something that, uh, as I've been wearing my fucking Allbirds, I've been enjoying the fuck out of and this goes so um any listener knows that i'm a big baseball fan and um we're in the midst of the world series now um we went into yesterday which today is monday um and last night was so was sunday the 29th um so, you know, these things get posted a little bit late, takes us time. But anybody that was watching baseball will remember 2017, October 29th, Sunday, as probably one of the greatest baseball games ever played. It was unfucking believable. It was it was the most exciting mm. um other other than uh, it's hard, you know, it's hard to compare stuff when it's not your, these, uh, the great thing about not having your, your team in, in play is that you can sit back and enjoy. Cause I don't really care, you know, as a Red Sox fan, Dave Roberts is the manager of the, of the LA Dodgers. Dave Roberts is responsible for our win in 2004, um, Dave Roberts belongs in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. Dave Roberts is now the manager of my hometown team, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who I have loved for a number of reasons. Vin Scully being one of the main reasons. Um, but so I'm a, I'm I'm a Dodger fan. Um, but it's it's hard to hate Houston. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like Red Sox Yankees where like you just want everyone on the Yankees to fucking right. die. Like, like Houston, you know, they're nice. Like they're, it's a, it's, they're a good team. Like they're, they're good people and they're, you know, right. so plus that town needs a, a win brother. after yeah, the hurricane. Fucking a. You know? So anyway, 
the game last night was I, I I've never in my life seen a fucking baseball game like this. I've been watching baseball my entire life. It's I it, I think it's the greatest baseball game I've ever seen in my entire life. So even even if you're not a sports fan, like uh, take a take a don't watch the game. It's six hours long. It's five hours. It's the second it it it, it, it marked in as the second longest. World Series game on record at five five hours and twenty minutes. I feel like every baseball <laughs> you, game is you five You and the rest of minutes. America, <laughs> you're not alone, my friend. You're not alone. Yeah, but this was five and a half hours. Um, but it was breathtaking. It was amazing. Like the lead, it was up by four, tie it up, home run, home run, home run, tie it. Like it was just amazing. It was incredible. So great. So, so let's just all take a moment and thank, and thank, uh, thank Jehovah and whoever else the fuck, I don't even know who Jehovah is. Whoever yeah. he's got a witness. I know he has a witness. Let's take. Let's just thank Jehovah yeah. and let's thank his witness for the amazing fucking baseball game that happened last night because it yeah. was so fucking good. <laughs> it was so good. Let Let's get out of here, Frost. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we're gonna cut this episode a little short, but uh, we're gonna have another episode soon where um, Santos is gonna catch up on some TV, and then uh, we are gonna talk about Mind Hunter, which I finished and I really love. We're gonna talk about Stranger Things season two, which I wrapped up earlier this evening. Um, almost watched the entire thing this weekend, but I had video video games and kids and other stuff going on. So, um, including a race, I ran this fucking crazy really? race with my daughter, Helen, um, in the park. Yeah. It was a, like a trail race where we had to jump up, like run up this gigantic hill, go down a hill around over these fucking obstacles, like these big benches and around barrels and through tires. And it was like a warrior dash thing. That's except bright, way more painful. You're old. I'm uh, afraid to tell you. Yeah, old. <laughs> well, this thing was specifically called an age gap relay, where I ran a lap and then she ran a lap and then I ran a lap and she ran a lap. So I did it to well, like support yeah, there's her. There's no basically. other fucking way um, you're doing that. <laughs> but any anyway, anyway, uh, next episode we're gonna talk TV and movies. Um, Hope you enjoyed the food episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks, as always, to Kaya Fisher for the audio engineering assistance. As we iron things out, Especially on this episode. And uh, we're going to look to kind of continue to iron out uh, some flaws in our setup here and make things smoother. But uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for your patience. See you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.